Good morning, All Shores. So good to be here with you today. I want to invite you, if you're with us in person, will you stand and join us? We're just going to worship together and invite the Spirit of God who's already here to come and meet with each of us to transform us from the inside out. Let's just sing his praises today. His Spirit upon us. His Spirit upon us. His presence in this place. For this we have gathered to look upon His face. I sing praise, I sing praise For His love never ends And I give thanks, I give thanks For His faithfulness I sing praise, I sing praise He is good in every season I give thanks, I give thanks Enjoy in favor through every trial and pain my heart has decided to bring offering of thanks and I sing praise I sing praise for his love never
Come on, if you believe that today, if you're excited to be here in the presence of God, let's give him some praise. Thank you, Jesus.
Church, um, I don't know about you, but I've just been in places of my life where a song like this is just really difficult to sing. And, you know, it is because uh, sometimes our faith just falls short, you know. Sometimes it's really tough. And, uh, you know, if you're in that place today, I don't want you to feel bad. <laughs> and neither does the Spirit of God um, because you're here. <laughs> And uh, I guess my encouragement for you today would be, even if you're struggling with believing that God is a God of miracles, he is. Um, and it's okay, but just be honest with yourself, right? I think the first step to just being open to the Spirit of God is just being open to the Spirit of God. And God requires nothing more from us than just our hearts lay bare before him. And so uh, we're going to sing one more song here this morning. And the song just talks about the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. The power that uh, Jesus 2,000 plus years ago defeated the grave. He defeated death. He defeated sin. And I want you to be encouraged today that that same God who resurrected, who brought new life, he wants to do that for you here today. And so as we sing this song together, I just want to encourage you, just even if you're in a place of struggle, if you're in a place of doubt, don't be hard on yourself. Just open yourself up to the Lord and allow his spirit to meet with you today. Allow his presence to comfort you and to just show you how much he loves you as his child. Let's sing this song together and just continue to invite the spirit of God to move with us today.
by your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat the resurrected king is resurrecting me in your name I come alive to declare your victory the resurrected king come on church declare it with everything you've got today by your spirit I Give him some praise. His
Give him praise if you believe that today. There is resurrection power in his name. Amen? Amen. You know, earlier we sang, I believe. You know, I was reminded of the conversation the man had with Jesus where Jesus asked him, do you believe? And he said, I believe. But help my unbelief. And that's, that can be my posture sometimes. It can be easier to believe it for other people than believe that God wants to do something in my life. But he wants to do something in your life here today. And I know that when we come together, that there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on in our lives. And we're going to take time just to pray, to ask God to move in those things, to remind you of his love and his resurrection power. So if that's you today, whether you're watching us online or you're right here, and you've got something that's on your heart, I just invite you to have a seat. It's really just a way that we say we kind of humble ourselves before God and say, God, I need your resurrection power. I believe you love me. I believe you want to move in my life. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the truth of the resurrection power, God, that you can move in all circumstances, Lord. There are people here that are battling things in their lives that we just don't understand. God, we have children who are far from you and friends and relatives, and we're just asking that you bring your resurrection power, that you call them to you as only you can, that you bring hope to the hopelessness, that you bring healing to those that need healing, that you bring, God, provision to those that need provision, that you would touch each person in this room and online who are just sitting and humbling them before, before you. God, you would just whisper in their ear that you love them, you care for them, that you have plans for them, and you're going to move in their lives. God, we pray and cry out for your resurrection power in our home, in our churches, in our communities. God, and ask that you move. And we know, God, that we are just one expression of your church. And so we pray for the other churches in our community. We pray for Spring Lake Fellowship Bible Church and ask that you move in their congregation and their leadership and that you provide for them. We pray for those who are serving others around the world. And today we're thinking of Halita, who leads the Bridges International Program at Grand Valley. And we just pray specifically for her and her family today, God, that you would provide for her needs, for, for just for a day, for kids, someone to watch her kids that they can trust. She's just praying for her mom to get her visa so she can come and visit. God, would you just bless her and touch her in that way? Be, because we believe in your power, God. We believe in your goodness over each and every person here. And we pray this in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. Well, I just want to welcome you to All Shores this morning. So excited and glad that you are here and spending your morning with us. Whether you are joining us online, so glad that you are tuning in this morning. If you're here in the room, so glad that you are here. And we would just love to connect with you. We'd love to get to know you better. And the best tool that we have to do that is our connection card. If you're here in the room, you can just open up your phone to that QR code in front of you, and it'll pull up your digital connection card. You can fill that out at any time. You can put prayer requests on there. We can help you take steps in our faith and our connection because we just want to continue to grow together as a family of God. You know, if you're online, there's a, a link that they'll be showing. You can click on that and fill that out as well because we want to know that you're here with us and a part of our church family and connect with you as well. So we're happy that you do that. You know, we've got great ministries happening, and every week we've got this amazing ministry that happens right downstairs with our kids, and we're so grateful for that. And just last week, we kicked off our youth ministry, which if you're not familiar with, it's called The Warehouse, and we're so excited for that, and our students are back and engaging, and, 
And there's going to be a parent meeting next Sunday, not this Sunday, next Sunday right after church where you can connect with, with uh, Lindsay and Aaron and hear about what's going on. So if you're a parent or you just want to hear more about what's going on, our students invite you to be a part of that and check out with that. So we're grateful for that. You know, we're going to continue this morning, and we're just going to continue worshiping by giving back to God. We, we give back our tithes and his offerings as an act of worship, saying, God, we love you, we trust you, especially with our finances. You know, it's the only thing that God says, test me. And he said, test me and see if I'm not faithful. If you give, then I will pour out such a blessing on you that you can't contain it. You know, we don't, we don't give to get from God, but we give to partner with what he's doing in our church, in our community. And we are so grateful that we not only have a generous God, but we have a generous church so that we can be generous in our community. So thank you for that. So if you came prepared to give, you can do it on your way out. There's offering boxes by all the doors. You can give online. There's uh, information on the screen for ways that you can did that, do that. So we're so grateful to partner with you in that way. If you'll turn your attention to the screen, there's more information about upcoming events and what's going on here. We are so excited to invite you to Fall Fest Spooktacular on Monday, October 31st from 4 to 6 p.m. All the businesses will be passing out candy, and Allsters will be here at Tanglefoot Park, and we'll be passing out donuts and cider. We'll have a raffle and an awesome trunk or treat where we're passing out candy. We would love for you to participate. You can go to allshores.org events to sign up to serve. You can donate candy in your lobby, or you can just invite your friends and neighbors to come and hang out with the Allshores family. We'll see you at Fall Fest Spooktacular. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, I want to welcome those joining us online, all of you here in our Spring Lake campus as well. We're in week two of a series. I'll come back to that in a minute, but I want to introduce to you today uh, Aaron Fongers. Aaron is our new uh, high school pastor, so we want to welcome him. Yeah. And just because I know you did a residency before us, tell us a little about that and kind of what's brought you here. Absolutely. Well... I was born and raised here in West Michigan uh, in the Norton Shores area, um, but for the past two years I've been living out in Greeley, Colorado, doing a youth residency uh, at a church generations out there, but decided it was try time to come back home, trade the uh, mountains back for the lakes, um, and just to come and be a part of the great team and ministry here at All Shores. And we're thrilled to have you here. I'd love just for people to hear a little of your own, what excites you about working with our high schoolers and their families and leaders Tell us a little about what you're pumped about. Yeah, I'm just absolutely pumped to jump in and to continue to build relationships with students and families. Um, for students to be able to show up to 
what they're a part of in their lives and in their communities, whether it's sporting events, whether it's music, whether it's just to meet with them outside of the walls of the church and build those relationships, knowing that it's not just on Sunday nights that we have a chance to connect and to learn. And for families as well, just to be able to jump in and help continue to equip our families to know how they can best serve their students and continue to teach them um, in the ways and everything that we're doing here at All Shores. Just super excited for all those opportunities to jump in and invest. And then as you get started, how can we be praying for you, Aaron? Yeah, just continue to be praying that I can just continue to get settled into this new community. Um, just continue to walk in the path that God has for me and uh, that I'm just able to learn and absorb everything that I can about this community. It's been a while since I've lived in this area and I know it's changed some so that I'm just able to be a student of this culture and this community and learn well as I'm just following uh, God's plan and path for my time here. And we do want to pray for you, and we're grateful to have you here. And I know next week we're actually going to have a time after the service for students to hang out with you and Lindsay and uh, just to get to meet and know and families as well. I want to invite you all to stand really simply and place your hands out as we pray over Aaron and kind of give thanks for him being here and pray for him in his future with us. Lord, we thank you for Aaron. We thank you for the way you brought him here. Uh, we thank you for what you've already been teaching him, what you've been doing in his life, and pray for the fruit of that to be impacting us, young and old, all throughout our church, to be impacted by his life and influence. We pray for joy as he and Lindsay work together and really reaching out and caring for and loving and discipling our leaders and students. God, we pray for him specifically as he re-enters an area. Let him come with fresh eyes. Let him both learn. Let him be humble and also let him be influencing. Give him favor, even with our students along the way, uh, that he would really have your heart and your mind. We pray the gift too, that his character would always run ahead beyond any skills or gifts. And so we pray you'd be forging depth in him and pray both that he will impart and be imparted on, that we together will be part of reaching the continued and next generations. We bless him and give you thanks for him in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. amen. If you guys wanna welcome Aaron and then you can have a seat. We are just about to enter week two of a series. I'll tell you more about that in a minute, but I want to invite you. We're, we're always very clear. Opening the scriptures is not about information or persuasion. We believe it's literally about revelation, meaning God wants to reveal himself to us. So whether you're among us, whether you're online, and you're here today with doubts, with struggle, even just kind of crusty on the whole thing, or whether you'd say you're, you're engaged in faith, wherever you are in that, we want you simply to pray your own words to God, asking him to speak to you, being open to what he might want to do, and then I'll pray for us together after you pray in the quiet. Oh Lord, I thank you that you want to reveal yourself to us, and I pray nothing would hinder that, that my words, anything I have to say that's not from you, it will fall to the ground It'll be forgotten, but I am praying that whatever is from you, Lord, that your spirit would breathe into us, that you would tenderize us, impart to us, transform us, encourage us. God, we want to know Jesus, and we want to know how you live in us to bring him to others and live out deeply a changed life. I join with the psalmist praying the words I speak and the way we respond in our hearts and actions would please you, our rock and our redeemer. And everybody said, amen. Well, in case you don't know, we're in the second week of a series we've titled The Bible Together, 
connecting with God as we read the Bible. You asked for this. We asked you in the spring what most would be helpful to you. And you said, man, I want to understand how I actually find God's presence, learn to read Scripture in a way that's meaningful, not this kind of religious activity. So if you weren't with us last week, just a, a simple recap, though, I want to tell you we'd love for you to be at the rest of them and even go back and watch last week because we built a foundation last week of the reality that we believe, very simply, the written word, the scriptures become and reveal the living word. In other words, when we read, we can actually discover and know Jesus through the reading of them. That's what it simply means. And then we talked last week, too, about how we fully engage and finally, that we're listening for how God loves us because those are foundational pieces. Now, we want to continue to be helpful in the series, and I want to give you a few helps to know you're not alone in this. But let me start by saying, I know for many of us, it sounds like a good idea, but kind of feels like it doesn't turn out to be that way. There's times you read and you're like, it is not what I thought it would be, or this is harder than I thought, or I don't understand. In fact, just curious, if you look at my shirt, does anything come to mind as you look at my shirt today? Charlie Brown, I knew it was going to happen. If it were mustard, we'd be good to go. You just think old TV, maybe it's black and white, but you look and go, why would you wear a Charlie Brown shirt? And it really wasn't for the illustration. I like the shirt, but it did come out to realize. So, so Charlie Brown, in case you don't know or have been on some island and never seen it, has this regular pattern where he's, his Lucy basically says, kick the ball, and every time he runs up to kick it, she pulls it away. And he's always kind of taken advantage of, and it doesn't quite go the way he thought it would. And so I want to say specifically to anyone here who goes, I want to read the Bible. I've tried to read the Bible. I get into it, and it just feels like the ball got taken away, and it's not what I thought it would be. And what I hope today is to give you some helps that might help you realize it can be more meaningful than you think. Don't give up. In fact, that's what I want to show you today are a couple of things I believe God does to help us with this. And before we get started, sometimes it helps to realize this is something that we get to see not just in our own local expression of the church and not even in the church in our community, which we are a part of. We go, listen, we're one church in the midst of a community of churches. And, and, and we actually have them, we're in three different communities because we're here in the Tri-Cities. We have a campus in Coopersville and a campus in Muskegon. So we're part of these kind of a larger movement of the church that we're saying, we know God's moving through the church, not just our church. But one of the joys we also have is we get to see some images of the global church because we have a high priority to reaching out to the world. And we have people on the field and people we interact with. So Thad recently asked several of the people on our field to tell stories about what they're doing. And in case you don't know, there's a global movement where people are engaging in scripture, even that are just exploring faith, in a very simplistic way, in fact, the card, if you didn't get it last week, we have a little bookmark and we have questions on the back of a way to read through it. This is being done globally and we're seeing unbelievably wild and crazy things happen. So let me just tell you two quick stories of those pictures that hopefully will encourage you. These are normal everyday people with no context or understanding of what the Bible might mean. One of them was in our work in the Czech Republic. They'd actually done a 12-week online Bible study and this individual was online with some people from our movement that are out there just as a way to go, hey, would you like to read scripture and learn? And they read through it multiple times. So they had done a 12-week study where they'd read through this and kind of looked at these 12 stories. At the end, the person who had never read the Bible said, you know what? Those stories were amazing. Are you going to do this again in the fall? Because I want to go back and read them again. Can I bring a friend? Because somewhere along the way of just hearing these stories of who God is and his love and his presence and power it was enough 
that God was revealing who Jesus was that they said, I got to do this again. So, so for any of you here go, I just haven't, we want you to keep trying because guess what, it'll get there. Let me tell you one more. Uh, an individual a woman from the Balkans who'd grown up somewhat nominal in their Muslim faith, they were doing a study with one of our missionaries there and they got to the story of Abraham and Isaac and if you're not familiar with it, don't worry about it. But it's kind of a, a crazy story where Abraham takes his son at God's beckoning to a mountain to sacrifice. And it's been the one promise God has given him. Now, we know from other passages that, that, that his son, Abraham really believed he'd bring him back. It wasn't this horrific thing the way we would think of it now. But the person got into the story, and it freaked him out. They didn't even want to keep reading. And the person with them that's a Christian said, just keep reading. Will you just keep reading? And then after they read it the first time, they asked them to retell it in their own words. And they told it really just perfectly. They got the story. Because at the end, God provides, by the way, a sacrifice. And Isaac is spared. And he goes, wow, Abraham, you have incredible faith. So then the individual who's a Christian said, what, what does this tell you about God? That's one of the questions you ask. And this young woman became speechless. She just couldn't respond at first. And then kind of choking emotion out, said, I see how much God is faithful and loves and calls us to trust him no matter what. Wow. This is a woman who has no context or no place, but somehow God helped her to understand, and that process continues. And I want to say that to you. Oh, go. I'm trying to hopefully give you a few handles to know that God wants to help you with this and encourage you to engage, to persevere, and to think of this as a longer process. And I wanted to start there, and I want to take you now to how what we think in this week, too, we want to look at how God gives us his very presence to help us read the Scripture. And much beyond that. But let me take you first. We're going to be in John's account of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. There are four accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And in John's in particular, we get a window into the night... Jesus is about to be betrayed and taken off, basically to be tried and ultimately crucified and go through all this misery and pain. And so he's having this final night with his closest friends and followers and giving them some direction because he's not going to be with them anymore. In other words, he won't be there to help. So what does he say? And these are words for us in the same way. So we take it up in chapter 16 of John's account. Jesus says, I have much more to say to you, but you cannot bear it all now. In other words, much more than you could handle, which before we go on, it's one of the things that always helps me is we think that Jesus is supposed to just download to us and we get it all. It's like, guess what? It's a lifetime of discovery. And what we want to do is just keep discovering who he is and keep growing in who he is. He's saying there's more than I could do, but he says, listen, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. In other words, I'm going to give you this spirit of truth who we understand now is the Holy Spirit. And he's going to guide you into truth. And then he continues on and he says, he, meaning the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. In other words, Jesus and the spirit, and then he says, receive what will make all that belongs to me belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Now, this is one of the most mysterious and crazy and beautiful things about our faith. We know God is one, and yet he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is three in one. If any of you can explain that, come on up. It's mysterious, and we might say that people think we're crazy, and I go, I'm good with that. I am crazy. 
But what we see are things happen that validate and explain it. And what Jesus is saying is, oh, by the way, the Father's in me. I'm in the Father, and the Spirit is also us. It is me. And by the way, the Spirit's the one that reveals who I am. He's going to make known to you who I am. And then he gives more clarity to this. He says it this way. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. That's the same Spirit, by the way, to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Now, we say this regularly around here. If you're a follower of Jesus, where does the Spirit live? In us. And we go, that is crazy, cool, weird, awesome, right? Because that's what Jesus is saying. He said, oh, the Spirit is with you, but he's also in you. By the way, and the Spirit reveals truth. You will know the Spirit and you will know me. And when Jesus says no, he literally means to know by relationship. Not know about me, not to know information of me, but by very relationship to actually know me, to walk with me, to be with me, to discover me. And in case you don't know, the greatest joy of the Christian life is keep discovering more of who Jesus is. We act like it's a download. Oh, he tells me it's all good. Just think of the person you know the most. Do you know everything about them? Well, you don't, in case you think you do. We don't all know about ourselves. Like, it's a constant discovery. And what Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you my spirit, and that spirit's going to be, and you're going to know more about me. Uh, the spirit is here to help you know me and know more of who I am and live more in who I am. And it's this other part where he says, I will send another advocate. I just want to stop for a minute on because if you want to talk about a help, this is not being on your own. When he says, I will send another advocate, two simple things to know about it. When he says another, he doesn't mean a different kind. There are different words in the Greek for another. This one means the same kind, which, by the way, is part of why one of the many reasons we believe Jesus and the Father and the Spirit are one. Because even this word another means another like me, actually of the very nature of me. An advocate, though, is the word I want you to hear. Jesus gives us his spirit to be our helper. That's what advocate means. To be our comforter. That's what advocate means. To be our encourager. That's what advocate means. To be the one that is with us and for us and helping us. Now you get that's incredible, right? What it means is God wants you to know him and is here to help you know him, to do all that he can to help us know him. He's on our team. I, I am, I'm, I'm so glad I got one yay. I guess all of you said, well, someone say, hey, that would help. I'm a little tired. I don't really want to respond to this. I'm just kind of thinking about it. The God of the universe wants to reside in you to help you know him, live in him, and live differently. Yeah. Thank you. I, I always like the rest of you. You know, it's Michigan. I'm cool. I don't get excited about things unless there are other things. Let me give you a picture of this and how I, I believe it. Hopefully we can help you, because this, this isn't something alone, this is something together. So we have a seven foot round table in our dining room. And in case you wonder why seven feet, not because I knew this, but the person who made it told me if you put it on an angle, it fits right through the doorway at seven feet. So if it's any bigger, you can't get it through your door. Just a little information for you in case you're building a seven foot round table. You better check the measurements because I'm not positive that's exactly it, but you get the idea. So we have this table. It's like the Yoshana's round table. We're the knights of the round table. And we, 
when we have a big dinner with everybody, we sit there, which isn't often these days, but we particularly use it on birthdays. And when all of our family comes together, my wife started this tradition for all of us that whoever's birthday it is, we tell stories about them from the past, which by the way, is quite entertaining. I didn't get my kids permission to tell you any, so I won't. But it's quite an enjoyable time. But when we get past the entertainment of it, what we actually discover is how each person sees things in that person that they know. And they know it from other parts of their life. And it's this incredible time. I leave those times always so encouraged, but I also leave them realizing other things my other family know about this individual help me to know them more. In other words, when I hear how they know them, it expands my awareness, and it also helps me to look for it. And so what I want you to think of is God gives us his spirit so we can discover him, kind of sitting at the table, whether alone or together, reading the scripture, we discover who he is, and then we go out and we discover who he is as we live life, and we come back to that table and we feed again alone and together. You getting a picture for it? Can you imagine? God doesn't want to just reveal himself to you. He wants to reveal himself to you and 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 to you. And guess what? As he does that, not only do I grow, but you grow. And as you grow, you tell me and I grow, and we grow together. I mean, it's the most fattening, wonderful meal you can imagine. That's the picture that Jesus is giving. God is for you and he wants to help you. And so I want you to get this picture that there's a process. Now I'm gonna come back to it, but there's this process with which God wants to reveal who he is to you. And so we'll come back. If, if you don't get anything else, then guess what? God is for you. And if you start reading scripture and asking him to reveal himself, he wants to do that. But let me also talk to you about there are barriers to this. And I wanna give you a picture from Jesus' teaching that might be helpful for you to consider why it could be hard for you. So let me take you to a story Jesus tells. He tells this in multiple accounts, but it's a story, it's called the parable of the sower. And by sower, it's someone who throws seed out and basically throws it out to accomplish the seed growing and be bearing fruit, being something. And he tells the story this way. And in case you don't know, the purpose of parables are to take something complicated and make it really simple and easy for us. So Jesus tells a story. He says, a, pair, a, a sower went out to sow seed. And they, as they scattered the seed, some of it fell on a path. He says the path, it couldn't go in the ground. The path basically had no place to go in. And so birds came along and ate it. That's what he tells you. Just, they came and ate it. Couldn't get in. Some of it fell on a, on a soil with some rocks in it. And it initially grew and had joy. But then basically when things got hot and difficult, there was no roots, so it withered. He said, there's a third place it went, which was a place where there are weeds and there are some other thorns. And he said, it began to grow up, but the weeds and thorns grew with it and they choked it out and it didn't able to reach what it was intended. And he said, then there's this soil that it was brought into that was wonderful and it flourished and it grew to 60, 100 times what it was before. Whew. Now, I love it because at the end of it, his disciples were like, Jesus, what did that mean? Don't you love that? I love the disciples because they always ask the question. You're a little embarrassed for them like you should have known, though I don't know. Uh, but it's also an image of the fact that we think it's odd to ask questions. that we're, we're, Do you ever have this? You read something and think, I'm supposed to know what this means? Yeah, drop the deal. I got news for you. There are people who write books about stuff. You're like, I'm not even sure they know what it means. Like, be nicer to yourself. It's okay. And Jesus loves us to ask questions. 
Now, what he says is a lot of times people hear things and they don't really hear it. They see things and they don't really see it. They listen, but they don't really get it. And so then he explains to them the meaning of this. And I want to just walk through what he says. He says, this is how the story goes. Some people are like seed along the path. The word is sown. And by the way, the seed itself is an image of the very word, the very nature of God revealing himself. Word is something that John uses, the logos, this idea of written and spoken word. That's what he's saying. It's being sown. And as you hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. In other words, it doesn't even get in the soil. And he gets to the second one. Other seeds sown, it's like seeds sown in rocky places. They hear the word, at once they receive it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. It's got no root and no depth. And he gets to the third one. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke it out, making it unfruitful. And then he gives the final explanation. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times of what's sown. Now, I don't want you to think which of the four are you. I want you to consider that we probably have elements of all four. But I want you to think about it this way. Are there parts of your life that God wants to reveal who he is, that the path is hard and you're unopened? The soil of your heart is unopened to hearing who he is. And, and make no mistake, we all can have that. I see it commonly when people have been through a deep pain and unexplainable sorrow that they've just closed off. Or the people around them that are Christians have treated them in such a legalistic or harsh way, their soil is closed. And here's the powerful beauty of it. The Lord wants to till that soil. I'll come back to it. The second one, the soil of the rocks, it basically is an image that we can hear things, but there's no root in our lives, meaning, in other words, we haven't gone deep enough to let it take hold enough. We live in a place that as long as things aren't difficult, as long as they're not too dicey, as long as there's not too much going on, we're fine. But the second things don't turn out or have problems, it's not for us. It's for me where we consider God to mean, if God loves me, his blessing will keep me free of pain, free of struggle, and free of difficulty. It'll be smooth and easy. Whew. Christian life on overdrive. Jesus died so I can have a good, easy life. Can we agree there's places like that that we don't want to go deeper? We haven't asked God to forge deeper into the soil of our hearts. Third one is this image, which actually concerns me the most for us. It's an image of pursuing both comfort and, and dealing with the anxieties and priorities of outside of who he is, what we do for ourselves. It isn't even saying they're bad things, but they're things that overtake us. We get on our drive to make more and have more and be more. We get in our drive to make sure our kids go with pain-free, perfect life, and they win and succeed at everything. We get in a place where others like us and think well of us. You can fill in the blanks. In fact, this one in particular just concerns me because you guys are so busy and preoccupied, I'll include myself in this, that the idea of taking something that you will let it grow and it won't get choked out is impossible because there's no way you have the space for it. 
If you want to know if this one's you, all you have to ask yourself is, can I be present when I'm with someone? Can I be present in a moment? Can I be present as I'm talking right now? Because some of you are going, dude, it's been 20 minutes. Wrap it up. TikTok doesn't do. Let's get done with this. I don't have the attention span. Some of you are already gone and you're on your phones. What else can I be checking out? Or you multitask. I'm on your phone. No, I'm listening. I'm there. Some of you, though, take this at the same place. You're sitting at a table with your family, and you're there, but you're not there. You're going all the time. You see, Jesus is cautioning us that our heart condition, the soil of us, can be what inhibits the spirit from helping us and changing us. You know, one of the things I, I pray this every day, actually, during the week, I pray for the heart of our church, the soil of our church, that those that are hardened, God would start tilling the soil and loosening it up. For those that are shallow, God would uproot the rocks and he would make it deeper in us. For those that are choked out by either worry or comfort or drive, that those things would be uprooted. And I'd like to see a church of good soil everywhere. Me included. And here's the beauty of it. It isn't just an empty promise. So in Ezekiel, which is a prophecy before Jesus comes, the prophet describes the, basically the way God's given Israel to live. He says he wrote on tablets how he wants you to live. But he says a day will come when the spirit will be new and write it on the tablets of your heart. In other words, be in you and change the soil of your heart. In fact, Ezekiel says it this way, which is my premise for even praying this. He will give you a new heart. He says, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. In other words, the Holy Spirit's intention is to take all of those areas where soil is not how it could be and change it. You don't think you could ever soften up to hear? Spirit can do it. You don't think you've been through enough to grow deep roots? The spirit can do it. You don't think your life could calm down enough to be present? The spirit can do it. Like what if you and I, what if when, as we approach scripture as our central act, go beyond it, what if you and I invite the Holy Spirit to work in the soil of our hearts? What if you made that a daily thing? Holy Spirit, where I have a shallow, hardened heart, would you till it? Holy Spirit, where I have rocks and I've never grown deep, would you deepen it? Holy Spirit, where I've gotten preoccupied with worry and comfort and all that I'm doing, would you uproot and give me a soil rich in responding to who Jesus is? Now, I bet it scares us. It scares me. Till the hardened stuff, I don't know what that's going to look like. Uproot rocks and make it grow deeper. Deeper sounds like more work. Uproot things that I'm working for, will I still want them? All of those could be yes. And you just got to ask, what do you want more? Do the other things give you what you think they should? What if you and I approached it this way? We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to work on the soil of our heart. And then let me take you back to the one we began with. I want you to embrace the process of learning from the Holy Spirit. You see, he's a helping advocate. He is there to help us be transformed. And sometimes I think what we assume is it's going to be easy. I don't know what this looks like. Like even the idea that I read scripture and somehow the Holy Spirit helps me understand it, that's foreign. What does that look like? But this is why we understand it's a process. And, and let me just give you a picture of it, hopefully to help how the Holy Spirit might move you. And particularly if you go, I'm not ready. 
Ann Sullivan was 19 years old when she made a commitment to help a six-year-old girl, Helen Keller, who had no way to communicate or understand. Now, Ann had her own story that brought her there, but she began to do very simple things. Somehow along the way, she first started by teaching Helen a way to, to basically learn the alphabet by holding her hand underneath and doing letters. Do you think that took a lot of time to figure that out? And then to form words and then to somehow help her understand it, it took a lot of time to do all that. It took her two years. Two years from then, she knew and had this beginning tool. What if the spirit wants to take a long time to teach you some basic things to learn to hear? At eight, she began to teach, and did, began to teach Helen Braille. By 10, she began to learn to write and engage whole different ways, all to the point that she went to college and went through college with Anne at her side every step of the way, helping her discover how to communicate, how to listen, how to write. And uh, basically, Helen got to the point where she could verbalize things, even from her just learning to hear the different vibrations. But at points others couldn't understand, Anne acted as her translator for it. Helen would go on to write to help many others find new ways to communicate that couldn't before. This is what Helen Keller writes about Anne. Much later, I believe, upon Anne's passing, my teacher is so near to me that I scarcely think of myself apart from her. Our lives are intertwined. I feel that her being is inseparable from my own, that the footsteps of my life are in hers all the best of me belongs to her. There is not a talent, an inspiration, or a joy in me that has not been awakened by her loving touch. That's what this is. See, the Holy Spirit's not looking for a distant thing. The Holy Spirit's going, I'm right here. You don't know how to even make an alphabet of this? I'm going to walk you through. We're going to get to that point. You don't know how to then put words together? I'm going to be here to help you. You want to start living your life differently? I'm going to be so entwined with it that pretty soon, more and more, you're going to be connected to how I live. And it'll change how you live. And I think we just don't believe it. Maybe we hit a barrier or a difficulty and we don't keep going. I go, I'm interested in this. I want to embrace the process learning from the Holy Spirit. Do you? Do you want to embrace? Because I'm telling you, you can have this. If we do these two things, we start to ask the Spirit to break down the soil that we're removable, and we start to embrace a process of learning. And it, by the way, it's not just learning alone. Why do we keep telling you things like get into groups and be here? Because we learn together as well. Wouldn't it be great if you and I sit at a table over and over again where I get to hear how you're hearing from the Spirit, and I get to hear how you're hearing from the Spirit, and I hear how you do, and guess what? It informs and deepens how I do, and I even learn from you how that works, and it changes me, and we all grow. I don't want to be an anemic church that just reads things and hopes we get principles out of it. I want to be the church of Jesus that lives with his spirit right here like Anne. Oh, I want my life to be entangled that I can't even distinguish, nor do I want to, what God's doing through me versus what I do on my own. And that's the invitation. Scripture is not simply, hey, we read it and we get to know him or we get to know about him. Scripture is where we discover the living presence of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in us 
is where that gets formed and changed. People that will change the world and will be changed from the inside out. I got nothing better to offer you, but man, you got to get your soil opened up to live this way. Let me pray for us. Lord, I pray for any who would not believe you want to speak to them, that that would just fall to the ground today. I pray for any who've been thinking it's principles and it's these issues and I have to just put my mind in and not really engaged your spirit that they would start engaging. I pray for any of us where parts of our lives are like a hardened path that aren't even open. God, would you protect us from the enemy stealing what you want to do, even today? And would you start to till the soil of our hearts and our minds that we would start being open to what you want to do and say to us? God, in those places that are shallow in our lives, would you remove the rocks of shallowness and would you build in deeper connection that it would take root and scorching heat and all sorts of other things would not stop your word from moving in our lives. And Lord, for those places that we have just gotten overly busy, overly comfortable, overly pursuing, overly worried, overly inundated and unpresent, would you uproot those thorns? And God, I'm asking that the soil of us will be a soil receptive to your spirit. And then Lord, finally, will you begin to walk with us be our advocate, our comforter, our trainer, our director, our guide to hearing and being led by you in increasing maturity, revelation, understanding. And in that, God, would you help us to do that with one another, that when we're struggling, we'd walk with others who are struggling. We would not do this alone, and we would see breakthrough and connection to you. I am asking for this out of your mercy, your grace, your kindness in Jesus' name, amen. After the message, typically, we have a little bit of space to worship and we'll engage in communion together. And if you came in, hopefully you got a cup. The cup has the drink at the bottom and the top level has the bread. We won't open that yet. But the whole intention of worship and communion is to basically say we're giving space for God's spirit to do whatever he wants to as we process what he just said. And so I'm inviting you to just ask the Spirit to move as you begin to process what he spoke to you in the midst of our looking at Scripture. So let me have you stand. We're going to sing. And then partway through, I'll gather us together to partake of communion as well. Feel it in my bones, you're about to move. 
said that you would fall on sons and daughters. So let the rain come trench us in love. And let your glory rush in like a flood. If we ask, we'll receive. So we are asking for the greater measure. And like the rain, come drench us in love. Let your power rush in like a flood. you to have a seat just for a couple minutes here. When we come together, we celebrate communion. The church has done this from our inception. Jesus said, you do this. You remember me. You do it again and again and again. We don't have stipulations that you have to be a member here. We encourage you in a response to Jesus to do this. We don't want you to feel obligated either. But it's a picture that we get through communion. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. It was a flat matzo bread. And interestingly, the leaven had been taken out, had been kept from it. Leaven was considered sour, and it also makes the bread rise. It's literally an image of sin and pride in our lives. And Jesus lived a sinless, humble life. And the very nature of him is seen in this humble bread. It's pierced, an image of the very suffering he would do, and placed in the fire, an image of the pain he would go through on our behalf that we're discovering this God who loves us and came in the flesh to live, die, and rise. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread, he broke it, and he gave thanks. And he said, this is my body given for you. My body, which is all of you together, not just individually, but mine together. Let's take of the bread. In the same way, he took the cup. The cup was an image of the sweetness of forgiveness that washes away the bitterness and sorrow and struggle of sin. You know, I don't know what you need today to experience, but I think maybe you have a heart that's hard to him. Maybe it's hardened through pain. Maybe it's hardened through your own sin pattern that you just are so entrenched in it. And you need to know God forgives you and wants to till the soil. Maybe you need to experience the sweetness of God deepening you that he'd remove shallow life for deeper life. Maybe you need to experience the sweetness of God actually pulling out the worries and the things you're so preoccupied with. But that's what he wants to do through his forgiveness is give new life. 
Let's take of the cup. And in just a minute, I'll have you stand and we're going to sing the bridge and the close of this song. And I'm going to take you back to a memory I have because Carter and I didn't plan this, but um, the song he picked today is one that was during a season I had gone away uh, for sabbatical some years ago. And the first time we entered into a church service, it was actually up in, in Reading, and they introduced the song. And uh, I remember this experience of this wave of God's presence and hope. So if you don't have it today, jump on my back because I got enough for all of us. And I can't manufacture that you'll experience it in a visceral way, but I can have you jump on the fact that this is what God wants for you. More of him and a discovery more deeply of his very presence breathing life into you. So let's stand together and sing this with faith for our life together and your own life. So come and blow on through Spirit move We're ready for you to come and blow on through Come and do want you to receive what God has for you. And so let me have you place your hands out, and I simply want to give you a blessing. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ continually fill you with his spirit. Oh, may he till the soil of your heart, of your mind, of your soul, and may he be your guide increasingly entwined in your life, that who he is would inform who you are and even form who you are for his glory, for your joy, and for his kingdom. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.